the Holy Gospel according to John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had spoken these words to his disciples, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your, my, in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf, I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may have heard this or seen it as a meme, or maybe you've even said it yourself. It's been circulating on social media since at least mid-April. It goes like this. We are all in the same storm, but we are not all in the same boat. While the risk of the virus, social distancing, the wearing of masks, and staying home are pieces of our shared experience, the financial, medical, and emotional consequences of the pandemic do not come in one size fits all. We are all in the same storm, but we are not all in the same boat. Now, I know that this may ring true, especially so right now, but I have to ask, hasn't it always been true? Some of us are in boats that are big, strong, sturdy, and reliable, no matter the weather, while others are in boats that are vulnerable to the winds and the waves of a garden variety storm. Some of us have more than one boat, while others are lucky to have something that floats at all. Some of us have boats with motors that, in a time of trouble, can quickly find a way to shore, while others are in boats without even an oar. And some of us are navigating our boat in the company of loved ones, while others are isolated and alone in their boat. Again, we are all in the same storm, but we are not all in the same boat, nor have we ever been. In today's scripture, Jesus speaks to this reality. We're in the 17th chapter of John's Gospel. Just like the readings from the last two weeks, this one takes place before the crucifixion. It's Thursday night, and Jesus is with his disciples. 
Also, just like the previous two gospel readings, Jesus is continuing his work of preparing his disciples for what is to come, for his death on the cross, for when he is no longer with them in the world. As Pastor Schmid pointed out in his sermon last week, Jesus anticipated the fear and uncertainty the disciples were certain to face in the coming days, and he knew and understood that they would surely struggle with his absence. So, Jesus prepared them by comforting them with the promise of a place in heaven and by assuring them that they would not be abandoned. But, and this is important, very much unlike the previous two weeks' readings here in today's gospel, Jesus offers no words of comfort or encouragement at all. Instead, he just prays. The entire 17th chapter of John is Jesus' prayer. Jesus begins by praying for himself, saying that he's finished the work that God sent him to do, that is, he came to make God's name known, and he came to redeem God's people, a work he was about to accomplish on the cross and in the empty tomb. And then Jesus prays for his disciples, saying, As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Although Jesus can say that his work has been completed, see here how he enfolded his disciples into God's ongoing mission in the world. This is their call to action, their call to serve, their call to witness and share and reach out in love. This is their call to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world, their call to continue the good work begun in them by Jesus Christ. This is their call to carry on. And then Jesus prays for us, saying, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Let me say that again. Jesus says, my prayer is not for them, and here, of course, he's referring to his disciples, but rather I pray also for those who will one day believe in me through their message. I hope you hear that this prayer of Jesus is not just for his disciples, but it is for you too. Jesus prayed and continues to pray for you. And just as Jesus did with his disciples, he has enfolded you into the same mission of God. He has made you, and now here I borrow language from the Apostle Paul, he has made you his partner in the gospel. This is language that we use regularly here at St. Philip the Deacon. As Pastor Westermeyer mentioned, each week we publish an insert for the bulletin called Partners in the Gospel. It highlights an ever-changing list of ways by which you can make a difference right here in our community as well as around the world. I should note, coincidentally, maybe serendipitously, perhaps even providentially, yesterday's podcast by Pastor Westermeyer focused on our partnership in the gospel. If you haven't listened to it, I invite you to check it out. You can find it at spdlc.org slash podcast. 
Jesus' prayer for partnership in the gospel, which comes just hours before he faces his betrayal and crucifixion, speaks into the reality that not all boats are built the same, and no boat, no matter how sturdy and strong, can meet the needs of its occupants all the time. To be sure, the pandemic has multiplied and intensified the needs of our neighbors and all of us as well. And it has complicated the ways in which we are accustomed to responding. But it has not, will not, cannot render us helpless. Author and researcher Brene Brown wrote, empathy has no script. There is no right way or wrong way to do it. It's simply listening, holding space, withholding judgment, emotionally connecting, and communicating that incredibly healing message of, you're not alone. We're not alone. Indeed, there is not just one way to communicate that healing message. We are not alone. So, even though we are not gathered together in this place, as partners in the gospel, we continue in earnest to feed the hungry, to serve those in need, to share our resources, to seek consolation from one another, to acknowledge our brokenness, to be generous in grace, to not only give but humbly receive compassion, to proclaim the good news, and to pray with fervor. No pandemic can shut down the care of the church. I close with a conversation I had with a friend last week. It speaks beautifully to what drives us to carry on. We were reflecting on the sometimes overwhelming disruption caused by the pandemic, and my friend said, as hard as this has been, the isolation of working from and staying home, the fear of the virus, the uncertainty of the future, I am constantly being made aware that God has continued to show up for me, for us, and for the world. Brothers and sisters in Christ, because we are partners in the gospel, and because God has shown up for us in the empty tomb and in the love of Christ Jesus, let us, now and always, show up for one another. Amen.